your presence here in your numbers as very powerful women indicates that the women's struggle is making advances. And uh, I, uh, I make that point because it's very important that you don't create an impression that your struggles are failing, uh, that there isn't progress. I think we should always mark the advances while demanding more. Uh, so this is uh, an important point. But nevertheless, uh, I'm really pleased to be uh, uh, participating uh, in this really important meeting. I think the theme is absolutely appropriate uh, to what is confronting the world today, as Madam uh, Emsberg said. And uh, I think um, it is important that we as women uh, reflect on the challenges of today particularly issues of peace and security, and of course, the promotion of multilateralism and a world that is much more inclusive and that ensures all of us have a role uh, in decision making. So it's an important topic and allows us to reflect as we navigate new and emerging challenges to global peace and security and to our desire to meet the goals of the Sustainable uh, Development Goals 2030. The challenges that we confront are, of course, structural barriers to the effective implementation of the Women, Peace and Security Agenda, which calls for women's full and equal meaningful participation in peace processes and transitions. These are made uh, worse by the lack of political will, particularly lack of funding in support of women's organizations as well as enduring gender stereotypes. I don't, don't like to cause trouble, uh, but I, I think we should put to the Secretary General, and maybe UN Women could do that for us, that while indeed they can continue to have the election of uh, the President of the General Assembly annually, but it must change its gender from year to year. Um, because I, I just think, I think having a male every year just feeds into the notion that there aren't women leaders who can play this role. So in order to change, things have to be made a rule. If there isn't a rule, you won't have change. So I do think uh, women who are here, who uh, are able to exert influence within the UN body, you need to raise this. I, I should uh, tell you that we are hoping to save you uh, from this male pattern, uh, because we are putting forward a woman candidate for 2025. But it's just something I observed uh, as a little disturbing. I think it's absolutely important that we continue always to have a holistic and multi-stakeholder approach to addressing the development challenges all of us are agreed upon. We need to continuously shine a light, not only on the plight of women 
including civil society organizations and peace builders around the world, but we must amplify their constructive and essential contributions to peace building, to gender equality in political and private life, as well as to enhancing governance, decision-making, and security sector reform. I would like to acknowledge the good progress made by the African Women Leaders Network, whose national chapters you've been told have grown, and I'm pleased that we have a chapter in our own country, South Africa. <clears throat> what I have noticed is that these chapters have galvanized support and engage in crucial advocacy efforts drawn from the various pillars of the network, the pillars of governance to political participation, pillar of peace and security, pillar of finance and women's entrepreneurship, pillar of youth leadership, of agriculture, and of social cohesion. So what this event does is create an opportunity for us to engage primarily with women, particularly women from the continent of Africa, who are still the most vulnerable and who are often at the receiving end of the impact of new threats. These include those threats caused by climate change and its effects, by food insecurity, which drives divisions among societies, which course, food insecurity creates hunger, leads to malnutrition, particularly among children, and so poor learning outcomes, and of course, forced migration, a particular experience of women in times of conflict. Fueling all of this are the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, the global economic downturn all our countries experienced and acute inequalities as well as poverty. We've got to find ways of addressing all of these, led by our governments, led by the African Union, our organization. There must be discernible solutions, and these must be inclusive of all sectors of society that are affected by these challenges. I am pleased that in our continent, women have been advancing efforts to enhance inclusive and intergenerational participation. If we take the example of the network of African women in conflict prevention and mediation, which is popularly known as Femwise Africa, they've deployed over 36 members on short and long-term assignments to support various conflict prevention and mediation efforts. They've always, always been supported by the AU liaison officers, as well as electoral and peace-building missions. South Africa is very proud that we have our own chapter of FemWise Africa, whose focus is advocacy and capacity building. <clears throat> In addition to this, the African Women, Women Leaders Network has innovatively operationalized res Resolution 1325 and its subsequent resolutions by working locally and regionally 
focusing on local level initiatives through local women leaders network national chapters. The national chapters have also conducted high-level fact-finding missions. For example, in 2020 and 2021, even with the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic, the network held virtual solidarity missions to Mali and Mozambique, highlighting and responding to challenges presented to women and girls in political transitions, as well as those affected by violent extremism. These examples of women's contributions demonstrate the importance of increasing women's participation as mediators and in other conflict-ridden uh, tasks. Thus, these examples show that the pandemic did give opportunities for the inclusion of women from all over the continent and from our partners across the world to participate in meetings, in discussions, all of them seeking to advance the broad objectives of the network and to increase the participation of women. What is great about digital engagement is that uh, while not all of us may have access to it, they do create an opportunity to ensure no one is left behind. Used appropriately, they can be an amazing organizational tool. And I think we should draw on it more and more as women because through online and digital communication, we can reach women anywhere. So let me say, although we have noted progress, we believe the application of quotas to create more equal and meaningful participation of women in mediation and decision-making needs to be implemented in earnest. You know, in my country, South Africa, you actually have to be afraid to go anywhere with a delegation of males only. Because it is possible that the audience you are meeting with may very well do something rather dangerous to you. It has become a tradition in our country that all, all structures, meetings, initiatives must be diverse. So the notion of dark suits all over the room is now challenged in South Africa. And all of us, all of us must insist on that. Uh, and we should be checking, even my colleague, Minister from Gambia, I see you've got ladies with you there in that row. I hope they're all women from Gambia and that you brought them as part of your delegation. Because uh, that is what we should do. This is what we should be seeing more and more of. I also call on all of us in the broader international community to redouble our advocacy Recording efforts for women's peace building, as well as the inclusion of youth as change makers. We also take this opportunity to echo the calls made by the UN Peacebuilding Commission, of which we've been a member for the last two years. The call says we should ensure adequate, predictable, sustainable, and flexible funding for peacebuilding. 
This commitment to advancing peacebuilding was also demonstrated by the UN General Assembly's adoption of the landmark resolution on financing for peacebuilding on the 8th of September 2022, just this year. Member States will also recall that the second Africa Forum on Women, Peace and Security, which was held in December last year, underscored the need to enhance the implementation, monitoring and evaluation of sub-regional continental frameworks and mechanisms related to peace building. As a country, we also contribute to peace building through the African Union's Peace Fund and through our own African Renaissance Fund, as well as through our India, Brazil and South Africa or IPSA facility for poverty and hunger alleviation. We are open to exploring how we, through these funds, can support peace building initiatives and programs led by the African Women Leaders Network and its Young Women's Caucus. Additionally, in the context of the Youth for Peace initiatives, we encourage the network through its Young Women's Caucus to find synergies with the Peace Building Commission's Strategic Action Plan on Youth and Peace Building. In order to, to build a greater success through all our initiatives, we have to find how they can complement each other and how we use those complementarities to build coordination so that our efforts have great impact. Welcome to Madam President. Wonderful to This, if we coordinate uh, uh, effectively, what we would be able to do is we would identify where the gaps are. So where are we not seeing women participating in political institutions? Where are we seeing women not participation in lead, participating in leadership in the private sector? Which are the countries we should target? Then we can organize pickets and ensure that we profile the lack of positive uh, practice. I wish to share with you that uh, we've also continued as South Africa to provide support through our annual youth and women's training program on conflict resolution, mediation and negotiation offered by my department. And we have benefited immensely from support of the chairperson of the AU Commission, the Special Envoy on Gender, Madame Diop, our colleagues in Germany, our friends in Norway and Sweden who support this initiative. We have since 2015 continued what we now call the program, the Gertrude Schoppe Annual Dialogue Forum, named after our veteran of the struggle, Gertrude Schoppe. It is based on the life and work of another South African peace-building pioneer. The forum seeks to empower women to support peace and stability initiatives in their communities. Further to this, 
we've established a Gertrude Shope Brigade, which is a grassroots women's network focusing on political participation, mediation, conflict prevention, and dialogue. This has also led to the establishment of what they call the Women's Peace Table, focusing on women-led peace building, social cohesion, and reconciliation. I must say that uh, our colleague, the former Minister of Gender of the DRC, Madame Mwange, has been a leader in this regard. So strengthening local, national, and regional mechanisms, institutions, and tools that already exist will help us to make progress with our objectives. We are pleased that we have a range of partners, such as the joint United Nations African Union Framework for Enhanced Partnership in Peace and Security, the United Nations African Union Memorandum of Understanding on Peacebuilding Support, and the African Union Continental Results Framework for Monitoring and Reporting on Implementation of the Women, uh, Peace and Security Agenda in Africa. All these are instruments that can assist us to strengthen the inclusion of women peace builders in peace processes. They also allow us to enhance the operationalization of the African Union strategy for gender equality and women's empowerment, which was our agenda that we as women in Africa set ourselves for the period 2021 to 2028. We have six years to make sure we succeed. We also remain encouraged by the gender strategy of the Peace Building Commission and the implementation plan they've developed, which we believe can be a support to peace operations on the ground. So let me conclude by saying that in building peace and promoting inclusive development, in times of crisis, we must ultimately always ensure that all women are brought into negotiation and decision-making processes. I think this is absolutely vital, and as women, we really should say no conclusion without our involvement. It's absolutely vital that... It's vital that we're always there, otherwise women will forever, in many, many jurisdictions, be left on the margins, and we can no longer afford that. So I wish this meeting well, and I thank you for having agreed to accept our invitation to just generate a discussion in uh, this very important context of the UN uh, General Assembly, and I hope the outcome of our deliberations will be greater progress for women. And I thank you very much.